a cool story. If your family is uh, looking to maybe do something like what the Allard family did, we have uh, a, a family mission trip in, I believe it's June, uh, that it's not too late to sign up for. You can go out on the welcome desk. There's some more information about that, uh, so be sure to, to look that over. We'd love to have some families from the Bedford campus uh, go on, on that trip. Let's pray, and then we will dive into our message today. God, may your word speak to our hearts. May it uh, reveal your love and your grace to us and what you desire for our lives. Um, may you clean out anything in our hearts and in our minds that may want to get in the way of what your spirit wants to speak to us this morning. Thank you so much for this church. It's a church that loves you. It's filled with people who love you and are doing their best uh, and have the greatest desire to follow you and to know you more. And so as a result of our time in your word today, may our affections for Jesus grow, and may we live a life that is shaped by the good news of the gospel. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Uh, hey, I want to thank everybody who uh, had been lifting me up over the last week. If, uh, if you weren't here last week, or maybe if you're new, I got, had the, the blessing and the privilege of spending the last week in Denver, Colorado, uh, with four other ministers from across the U.S., and the only purpose of the week was soul care. Like, the only thing that we did was just kind of pour into each other, share about, you know, our life experiences, our ministry experiences, our faith experiences, some of our hurts, some of our pains, some of our struggles, and we just kind of spoke life and God's word over those things. And it was such a great time of refreshment. And so for those of you that were praying for me and for my wife, Amber, who was left with the two girls uh, during that time, I'm very grateful for that. I'm also very grateful for a church that um, gave me the opportunity to go and do that. So thank you very much. And, and I know this is something that's important for all of us. No matter where we are in life, how we serve, what we give, life can be hard. And we want to make sure that we are always keeping the main thing the main thing, that Jesus is always front and center and the priority of our lives. So thanks for giving me the chance to go and do that last week. Uh, this morning, we are continuing our series called This Is Us, where we're just kind of taking a look at what makes us up as a church here at Sherwood Oaks. We're going to be doing something at the very end of the service that will require everybody to have a bulletin. And so if you came in this morning, not like every family, but every person is going to need a bulletin. So if you don't have a bulletin, would you just raise your hand? And we have a few folks that are going to, to pass those out. I believe where are, where are our few folks. There we go. Okay, they're coming from the back. And so uh, just keep those hands up and we'll make sure that we get them. There's also, there should be pins in front of you or when you came in on the seat, uh, we're going to need those as well. Give a chance for, for those to get passed out. Uh, so as we continue in this series called This Is Us, I want to just step back before we get into this week and, and do a little recap about where we have been so far and where we're going to go. Uh, we have it up here on, on, the, on the screen. Our mission as a church is people helping people grow generations of Christ-led influencers. It's a highly relational mission, which means that all of us play a part in this. It's not elders helping people, it's not staff helping people, ministers, it's not lead volunteers, it's all of us. It is everybody, everywhere. If we have a couple of more, guys, there's, there's maybe just another row right here that needs it. It is everybody across all generations helping each other grow up in the Lord and, and become Christ-led influencers, meaning that Jesus is our North Star, he is the one that we are pursuing, the one that we are going after, and we want our lives to count. We want our lives to make a difference in the lives of others. We believe that is the mission that Jesus has sent the church out into. So that's our mission statement as a church. And then we start taking a look at our values. And our values are kind of like the guardrails on the road that make sure that we don't go off course and make sure that we're heading in the right direction. And we looked at value number one is that we live like God owns everything 
not we give like God owns everything, but we live. We, we, the, the, the things that God has entrusted us to, we don't hold on to them with clenched fists. We hold on to them with open hands. We entrust them. We say, God, how do you want to use what you have entrusted me with for the advancement of your kingdom? And so we want to be a church and a people who live like God owns everything. We mentor across generations. We believe that no matter what age and stage you are in life, you have something to give and you have something to learn from each generation. And so we want to be a multi-generational church. We want to show the humility to where we are willing to learn from one another and teach one another. Value number three we're going to talk about today, we think like everyday missionaries. Value number four, we tell life-changing faith stories. Uh, we, we want to tell the stories like the Allard family of how God is working in people's lives. And so we want to share those stories regularly and generously. And the value number five, we create fun and refreshing experiences. Um, you know, we got, a, we got a very unique insight into what we want this value to look like last night. And it was actually captured on video. And so when you leave church, this is what we want you to feel like right, right here. Right here. Might be coming. We'll see. Oh, bummer. Okay, well, maybe, maybe it'll get there. Some, listen, tech guys, um, I, I give you full permission that if you get that video loaded, I don't care where yeah, I am. Hey, there it is. Oh, well, we got sound. Hold on. Hold on. It's a black man right here. Oh, boy. oh, yeah, you're on YouTube. Say hi to all YouTube fans. <laughs> okay, well, let's, I'll tell you what, let, maybe after the service we can get that figured out. And uh, is that Ice Ice Baby? Hey, Tim, Tim. Awesome. Do the Statue of Liberty in front of Lady Liberty. Okay, all right. <laughs> Just imagine. And Matt, Tim, Tim, can we get a recreation of this? No? Uh, I think glow sticks were involved. A lot of iced tea. The sparklers. Sparklers. I, I was thinking, okay, I was just out of Colorado, and I saw some people doing that on the corner because, you know, marijuana is legal out there. But Tim's just high on Jesus. Like, that's all. Jesus and sweet tea. That's all it takes for, for Tim. Oh, my goodness. Well, uh, we... Hey, yeah! <laughs> black man right here. Oh, yeah, you're on YouTube. Say hi to all YouTube fans. Hey, Tim. Tim. Do the Statue of Liberty in front of Lady Liberty. Oh, that was fun. Okay, thank you guys for finding that. Well done. That was... Uh, that was on, the, 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 the tech confusion, that was on me. I saw that video while we were eating breakfast. I'm like, we've got to show that. Like, I don't care what it takes. We've got to show that this morning. So thank you, Tim. We love you. We, I'm not feeling the love right now. Okay, I'm just not going to look over to that side this morning while I'm preaching. Uh, well, we're in value number three. We live like everyday missionaries. And so if you have a Bible, I invite you to turn with me to Matthew chapter 5. Tim, I'll take you out to lunch this week, okay? If you still want to do lunch. <laughs> uh, hey, and um, 
Matthew chapter 5, if you missed that, uh, if you missed that reference. Open in your Bible, if you have a Bible app on your device you like to use, Matthew 5. 2013, uh, my wife Amber and I, we moved to Rhode Island, and uh, we, we served as a lead pastor at a new church that was out there. And we went out to Rhode Island uh, as missionaries. And, and that word, is, it sounds a little funny when you take a, a state that is in our union and you say, you know, we're going out there to be missionaries. But uh, Rhode Island and, and New England in, in general is much different than certainly the Bible Belt, much different than a lot of places um, in, in our, our country. In fact, it's the least churched uh, region in the entire United States, uh, least churched region. And so we move from a, a, a very... Um, conservative, Bible-based community in Owensboro, Kentucky, where, you know, just church attendance was the norm. It was regular. Almost everybody went to church on a Sunday morning. We moved from that into a culture where less than 4% of the people will go to church on Sunday morning. Think about that. Like, less than 4% of the population attends church on a Sunday morning in Rhode Island. If you, the further south you go, when you start getting to Newport Island, if you're familiar with Rhode Island, um, that's less than 1% attend church. And so culturally, it was, it was very different. And, and so we saw ourselves as missionaries very much going into a land that felt foreign to us, a land that felt much, much different. And everything in Rhode Island was different than what we were used to. I, I remember even in the small things, um, like going to the grocery store. You know that feeling when you go to a grocery store that's different than what you normally go to? Like you have your set grocery store that you always go and you have your list and you can zip up and down the aisles because you know exactly where everything is. You're like a speed runner. You're just in there grabbing everything off the aisles. But when you go to a new grocery store, maybe it's even like the same flavor of grocery store, but in a new location, you're walking around going, where am I? Why is everything so different? Where, and, and like instead of being this sprinter going up and down the aisles, like you're on this treasure hunt hoping that this aisle is going to take you to what you're looking for. And, and that's kind of how it felt when we lived in Rhode Island. Everything just felt different. It, it just felt like it, it was the same and yet it was different all at, at the same time. We really did feel like we were experiencing some, some culture shock. And, and it's ironic because one of the places that I remember first feeling that was in a grocery store. Uh, the, the local grocery store is called Stop and Shop. And I remember the first time going in, I had nowhere where, no idea where I was going. Everything seemed out of place. I seemed out of place. I remember walking through thinking, why does everything smell like fish? Uh, it's because, you know, Rhode Island being on an ocean, there's fresh fish everywhere. I wasn't used to that. You walk into it, I'm like, oh, I don't think I can stand to be in here. It smells so bad. I remember, you know, thinking that I couldn't understand what people were saying because of their New England slash Italian accents. Like they just talked so fast and they dropped R's where they belonged and they put R's where they didn't belong. And I'm like, I don't, what are you saying? I'm trying to understand. I just can't. And then to top it all off, <laughs> like this was the kicker for me. Top it all off, I was walking down an aisle and I overheard a lady who had to be in her 80s. And she was yelling to someone on her cell phone, dropping F-bombs all over the place. I'm like, Toto, we are not in Kansas anymore. <laughs> this is a different place. And I distinctly remember thinking to myself, Lord, how do you want to use us to reach a culture that is so different than the one that we're used to? How do you want to use us to reach a culture and people who are so different than, than what we are used to. And you know what we found is that 
Cultures may be different, but people are the same. People are still looking for the same thing in life. They're still looking for hope. They're still looking for relationships. They're still searching anywhere and everything and everywhere for the one thing that can satisfy their soul, and that's Jesus. No matter where you are, we all have that in common. And so while, while we may live in a culture that, that we kind of feel like that sometimes too, maybe we feel like we are a fish out of water or a fish swimming upstream, whatever analogy you want to use, where everything, maybe if you've lived in Bedford your entire life, you may be looking around you right now going, everything seems like it is changing. I've been here, the people, the places all look the same, but it just feels like everything is changing around me. I want you to know that the people are still looking for the same thing. They're still looking for hope. They're still looking for love. They're still looking for what can only be found in the gospel. And that's the one thing that hasn't changed. Well, everything else around us may feel like it's changed. The gospel is the one thing that has never changed. People need a savior, and their savior can be Jesus. People today need to know and experience the hope of Jesus just as much as ever before. And the other thing that has not changed is our duty as followers of Jesus to let them know where they can find that love to let them know where they can find that hope. And that's where this value comes in. To, to, to live as everyday missionaries, we, we need to do the very same thing in our culture that missionaries do when they go into a new culture. We need to develop relationships and understand those around us and listen to their stories and build trust. We need to look for connection points in our cultures where we can make the love of Jesus known to them. And we need to speak about that love in their language. We can't be using big church words that, that we barely even understand. We need to let them know about the love of Jesus in a way that they get it. We need to always look for opportunities to make Jesus known and to bring a piece of his kingdom down here to earth. That is what it means to live and to think like an everyday missionary. And the good news is, we do this just by living out our faith in Jesus. Like, that's how we do it. We just live out our faith in Jesus. What I mean by that is that to think like an everyday missionary, you don't have to pack up your family, you don't have to pack up your home, you don't have to move to a foreign land. Living out this value is as simple as walking with Jesus. It's as simple as letting what he is doing inside of you come out to those around you. Letting his love and his grace flow from your actions and from your lips. It, look at what Jesus says in Matthew chapter 15. If you are, or Matthew chapter 5, verse 13. If you are a Christian, if you are a follower of Jesus, this is who Jesus himself says that you are. He says, you are the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. And then he says, you are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Now notice in this passage, Jesus doesn't say, someday you will become salt of the earth. He doesn't say, someday, if you really work hard enough at it, you will be the light of the world. Jesus uses definitive terms here. He says, you are the salt of the earth. You 
are the light of the world. And by letting your light shine, people are going to see your good deeds. They're going to see how your whole life is lived by faith and dependency in Christ. They're going to see the difference that he is making in you and through you. And they are going to praise your father in heaven because of it. You are the salt of the earth. You are the light to the world. Let's unpack these two things real quickly. Salt in the ancient Mediterranean world was an important piece of life. It was, uh, you know, this is a land that was without refrigeration, and so salt was used as a preservative. And people would pack salt all around a piece of meat, and salt would preserve it and slow the decaying process. Now just kind of think about how that imagery applies to us as believers. Salt packed around would, would preserve and help slow the decaying process. And as the salt of the world, when you are around people who think and act and believe differently than you do, people who are choosing to, to walk paths that lead to brokenness and addiction and struggle, our, our job is to slow down the decay, not to add to it. To slow down the decay, not to add to it. Our job is to preserve goodness and to slow down the decay caused by gossip and slander and hatred. The decay in our world caused by judgment and racism, nationalism, cynicism. Salt was also used to add flavor. And we know this today, nobody wants to eat french fries without salt. <laughs> We add a little bit of salt because it brings flavor and it enhances the taste. This is what salt does. And every time we interact with people, both inside of the church and out, our lives should add flavor and enhance the lives of those around us. If you've ever been around a person that you would describe as the salt of the earth type person, you know that they just have a way of lifting you up. So many of you in the seats right here, you live this out because I see you. I see you encouraging one another. I've, I've been a part of you encouraging me. You, you, we spend time around each other, and, and life just tastes better. It's just been enhanced by your presence. And that's what Jesus has called us to be. We are salt of the earth. We bring life where we go. We enhance other people's lives People should feel a sense of joy when we are around because we have added something to their life. And that ultimately is the grace and the love of Jesus lived out through us. So salt of the earth, our life should add flavor to those around us. And then Jesus says that you are the light of the world. And no one would light a, a lamp and say, you know what I'm going to do to this lamp? I'm just going to put a bowl right over it so that I've lit it and it's not going to do anything. It's as if I had not lit it at, at all. You light a lamp because you want to get rid of darkness. Light pushes out darkness and it shows people the right path. Light gives hope and courage and confidence. Like when I walk through a dark room, I don't take one step with confidence, right? Like the room is dark, what are you doing? You're like looking for a wall, you're looking for something in front of you, it's kind of stepping like this. And let me tell you, that becomes even more true if my girls have been playing with Legos at any point throughout the day or like little small figurines. My confidence level goes from like a two to a negative two. So I, those things are like razor blades going through your feet if you step on one of those. 
But I can be in that exact same room and that exact same scenario, and I'm walking around with all kinds of confidence. Why? Because light brings confidence. It brings hope. It pushes out the darkness. It gives courage. And as the light of the world, our lives push out the darkness in the lives of others. We get to be a part of what God is doing in someone's life to bring them to a place of courage or hope or confidence because we shine our light on the God who brings us those things. And when we live as salt of the earth, when we live as light of the world, Jesus tells us that people will see our good deeds. They will see the goodness in our lives pouring through us and they will praise our Father in heaven. All of these things translate no matter what culture we're in because people are people and they're looking for the same thing. So the point in all of this today for us is this. Everyday missionaries live and breathe and act and speak in a way that causes others to glorify our God in heaven. As everyday missionaries, we just take what we have been given and we give it to the people. We just go out and we allow the, 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 the love and the grace that Christ has shown us, we allow that to come out in the way that we live and as we breathe and the way we act and the way that we speak. People praise God. They look at our lives and they say, I don't know what you have, but I want that. I want that in my life. And that doesn't happen if we take this light that's shining and we put a bowl in it. To me, this is what it means to live this value out, to think of as an everyday missionary, is how can I be salt and light in my world today? How can I preserve goodness with my words and my actions? How can I drive out darkness in someone's life in a way that points them to Jesus, in a way that points them to the life and the grace and the love of God that is theirs through Christ? That's the question on the mind of an everyday missionary. God, how do you want to use me to make a difference in someone's life? That's what it means to live and think like an everyday missionary. And, and when we begin to live this value out, we realize that all of us are missionaries. All of us have been called to be this. It's not just the ones who pack everything up and go to a distant land. All of us are missionaries. If we have placed our faith in Jesus, if we are following him, we are all missionaries. And listen to me, our mission field is wherever we happen to find our feet. That becomes our missionary, mission field. Our mission field, the place where we can preserve goodness and drive out darkness, is standing in line waiting well, to check out in Walmart. That place, the people around us, that becomes our mission field. The, the place where we can preserve goodness and drive out darkness could be in our, our office as we sit around and talk with our coworkers. It's in our homes. It's in the ball field. Our mission field, the, the place where we can preserve goodness and drive out darkness is in the restaurant that we're going to go to right after service today. Well, maybe, I don't know if you got filled up <laughs> with breakfast, maybe you won't, but the next time you're at a restaurant, the, the, the mission field, the place where you can enhance somebody's life and drive out darkness could be the person who's waiting your table that day. And church, let me tell you, servers need to see this. I worked at a server um, while I was going through college, worked at Cracker Barrel, and I was going to Bible college, and I, I worked with people who uh, were, were pretty, pretty rough around the edges, and you know the, the, the shift that none of them wanted? Sunday morning. No, you're true. You're, amen, sister. <laughs> Sunday morning, Sunday afternoon, because that's when the Christians came. 
and they were mean, and they were rude, and they were pathetic tippers. And so you know what I found myself doing? I found myself, like, I would, I would want to protect them sometimes. Like, I, I'm available every Sunday afternoon. Just put me on there for the name and the cause of Christ. If you've ever worked in the service industry, you're probably going, oh, yeah. If you haven't, I'm telling you, talk to someone who does, and they'll tell you. It's true. And I saw just this last Sunday, my, my wife and I, we went out to, to lunch with uh, a family. And our server was coming around the corner. She was coming to refill our drinks or something. And there was a guy who came up to her. He had clearly been to church. Everyone at his table had clearly been to church. And he just berated her in front of everybody because she had forgotten two waters. And when she tried to apologize and tried to explain, his comment was, I don't care. I don't want your explanations. We just want our water on our table. What impression do you think that left on that server about Christians? More importantly, what impression do you think that left about Christ? We have an opportunity. And listen, full disclosure, I've been that guy. Like, I've been that guy. Maybe not in that exact realm, but I've, I've been that guy who was a jerk, who didn't represent Christ well in the moment. Maybe we've all been there. But I'm telling you, our job as everyday missionaries is to look for ways that we can be salt and light in this work world. Look for ways that we can preserve goodness and, 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 and give flavor to people's lives and drive away the darkness to them. And it got me thinking this week, the reason why so many people have given up on the church, the reason why so the church has lost its influence in this world, the, the reason why so many people have given up on their faith and are walking out the doors of church isn't because Jesus failed them. It's because Christians failed them. Many Christians have taken this verse and instead of being salt of the world, they've just been salty and they've left a bad taste in people's mouths. Instead of being the light of the world, many Christians have been like a brush fire that has burned people up and left a wake of destruction behind them. Church, we cannot underestimate the power of our spiritual influence. As a follower of Jesus, you are salt, you are light, you are going to make some kind of difference in this world for God's kingdom. The question is, what kind of difference are you going to make? Will you drive people away or will you draw them in? Will you light up their path to God or will you blind them with your judgment and hypocrisy? And I think for an example of how we should live as salt and light, we need to look only to Jesus. Jesus stood for truth while shelling out grace and abundance. Jesus called out the pride of those who felt like they deserved God's love for all of the good things that they had done. And he revealed God's love to those who felt like they didn't deserve it at all. Jesus drove out hatred and shined a light on loving everyone, even your enemies. Jesus showed us the example of the importance of connecting first before correcting first. And when our heart's desire is to live and to love like Jesus, when we begin to follow his example to others, we find that our lives add flavor and enhance the lives of those around us. We find that our lives drive out the darkness in others and illuminate the path to Jesus. I just want us to imagine this morning as we come to our close, imagine what God could do through a church that's living this value out. 
Imagine how God could use a church of over 5,000 people across two counties in multiple locations. Imagine how God could use us if we say, Lord, use me as an everyday missionary. And that my mission field is wherever I find my feet. May I enhance and bring flavor and point to you, God. Imagine how God could use you to make an eternal difference in someone's life when you begin to live this value out. That is the church that we want to be at Sherwood Oaks Christian Church, and that is why this is one of our core values. We think like everyday missionaries. Let's pray. God, thank you for Jesus, who is the perfect example for us to follow. Thank you for the way that um, he was filled with truth and grace. God, forgive me for the times when I'm only filled with truth and for those times when I'm only filled with grace. Lord, help us as a church and as a people to live with a balance of both. God, I pray that as folks see us living in our community and interacting on the ball field, as they see us at work, even our families at home, that there will be a consistency in our message. And that doesn't mean that we always get it right, but it does mean that we always fall on our knees for forgiveness to you. And that, Lord, you are working from the inside out to change us. I pray that people will see that transformation process in us. That we will bring flavor to their life, that we will enhance it. That we will be a light that is pointing to you, to your grace, your love, your mercy and your truth, and that when they see us, they will praise you and want to know you more. Help us as a church and as a people to live this out, to think like everyday missionaries. In Jesus' name.